want to say thank you for choosing to worship with us. Um, it is not an accident that you're here this morning, um, and I believe that God wants to say something to you. Um, so for those of you that don't know me, my name is Jamara Harrell, and I am the children's ministry director here. Um, I love you guys so much, but I really, really, really love working with your kids. Whew. Sorry, I'm just a little bit nervous. I just got to get that out there because I feel like once you know that, then I can run on smoothly. Okay. So, whew, all right. So this morning, um, I'd like to take just a few minutes to honor the sound team. Can we give them a round of applause? So if... It were not for them, we would not be able to worship the way we do. So I am super thankful for all of you. Um, and I'd also like to say thank you to Tim Hardy, who is not up here this morning, um, because he's actually downstairs with the kids. Um, earlier this week, I mentioned during our staff meeting that numbers were extremely low um, due to summer vacations and just different scheduling conflicts. And um, Tim offered to be with the kids this morning. And that, like, really touched my heart. Um, because he didn't have to do that, but he chose to. Um, we love your kids and your youth. So for the past few weeks, we have been looking at different promises from God. And today, we will be exploring another promise um, found in Psalm 91. Um, many believe that Moses wrote this psalm, while others think that it may have been David due to its language of strongholds and shields. The author is in fact unknown. But regardless of who wrote it, um, what we do know is that the writer had an intimate relationship with the Lord. Um, this person had seen the Lord work on their behalf before and is certain um, that he will indeed continue to work on their behalf again and again, and on ours as well. After reading this psalm, we can walk away with two things. One, an assurance and a certainty of the Lord's salvation, and two, the depths of his love. Um, one way that we honor God's word here at Crestmont is by standing um, during the reading. So please stand with me as we read together. As I read this morning, I'd like to encourage you to listen closely and let the words found in this psalm um, penetrate the deep crevices of your souls. Psalm 91. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. 
A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot, excuse me, your foot against a stone. You will thread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Let's pray together. God, we thank you so, so much for your love. Lord, we thank you for protecting us and we thank you for always making yourself available to us. God, as we study your word together this morning, I pray that you would speak to us and I pray that you would reveal very specific things to our hearts. Lord, we love you and we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may take your seats. Thanks, Craig. As we study this passage of scripture today, we are going to look at it through the lenses of four questions that we've often asked here at Crestmont. Who is God? He's higher than kings on earth. He's all sufficient. He's Jehovah, the all powerful one. He is my protector. In this passage of scripture, the psalmist identifies God as the most high. He's higher than kings on earth and false gods of the nations, the almighty. He's all sufficient. He's more than we could ever ask for or imagine. He's the Lord. He's Jehovah. He's faithful. He's the maker and the keeper of the covenant. He is God, the all-powerful one, the maker of heaven and earth. And while all of that is true, in verse 14, God reveals himself as protector. Um, we will spend our time together this morning exploring the promise of God, our protector. In verse 3, it says, Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. So a snare is a trap used for catching birds or animals. Um, it's typically pretty small and hidden. And pestilence is a deadly disease that affects an entire community of people. Um, a modern day example of what I believe the psalmist is referring to here are word curses. A word curse is something that goes against the word of God. Oh, sorry, hold on. I just totally lost my spot. 
Um, can we just praise God for a second? Can you guys clap? <laughs> Thanks. Okay, here we go. A word curse is something that goes against the word of God that you've either spoken over yourself or someone or had spoken over you. Um, Psalm 18:21 says, death and life lie in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. I'm gonna make a bold claim here and say, if we replayed every conversation that we've had in our heads or with others this week, that not every one of those conversations have lined up with scripture. Okay, maybe it's not this church. Maybe it's the church down the street, but I don't know. Unfortunately, when things don't always go our way or when our kids or our spouse say or do something that we don't particularly like or even when we've fallen short at accomplishing something, we make passing comments that don't always line up with scripture. And over time, we begin to believe the lies, or even worse, the people who we are saying those things to begin to believe those lies. And those are lies of false identity. The lies that we are believing or speaking over others can become detrimental to our faith journeys. Um, say this with me. I am sought after. I am not a mistake. I have been chosen. I am loved. I am protected. And in Christ, I can do all things. Doesn't that sound amazing? In Christ, you can do all things. Um, when we get into a steady habit of speaking and claiming truth over our lives or our friends' lives or our family members, um, the lies that were once holding our foundations together will be replaced with his truth. And here's the thing. This is a daily process. And some days we will have to remind our souls more than other days who we are in Christ as we continue to walk in freedom. God has redeemed us from all curses by becoming a curse for us. Um, scripture tells us in Galatians 3, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. He died so we wouldn't have to carry the pain or the scars that curses often leave. Um, in verses 14 and 15, we read an announcement from the Lord. It says, because he loves me, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble, and I will deliver him and honor him. Here, God is saying, here's my plan for those that truly love me and acknowledge my name. A few weeks ago, I was invited to a party celebrating the life of someone that I've been getting to know for the past few years. Um, at this party, I met an individual who grew up in the church but made a decision to leave after high school. During our conversation, they shared why they left and talked of longing for more. They went on to explain that they knew they needed Jesus and a body of believers to worship with, but lack the courage to make a change or do something about it. 
since that conversation, I've had a lot to process. And as I've studied this passage of scripture, here's what I'm realizing. In order to be saved, protected, or rescued by God, we must truly love him and acknowledge his name. And guess what? That is it. That's it. There isn't this demand for absolute righteousness. We don't have to strive for anything. We've just been called to truly love him and acknowledge his name. And the one that's higher than kings on all the earth and all the nations, the all-sufficient one, our Jehovah, the all-powerful one, will protect us from shame and guilt and that our past choices often leave us with. Now, I'm not saying that it's okay to completely ignore the word of God and live a life seeped in sin. I'm not saying that at all. Um, We've been called to so much more than that. Um, We've been called to live our lives fully submitted to the will of God. And as we continue to discover and claim his truth for our lives, the lies that um, that we were once being controlled by will no longer be the basis of our identity. And over time, our standard of living will begin to change and evolve around his truth. The things that once appealed to us will no longer appeal. Um, In Rob Reimer's book on soul care, he says, God is far less concerned about our behavior than we think he is. He is much more concerned about our hearts than we'll ever know. Um, If we are going to experience true transformation, we must deal with the issues of the heart and not simply external behaviors. So if that's who God is, then who are we? Um, This is a question of identity. So when trouble surrounds me on all sides, I can find refuge in him because I am protected. Um, In this passage of scripture, we see several types of protection. Um, Let's look at verse 4. It says, he will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. So in this passage of scripture, we're given a beautiful picture of God's care It's warm and protective like that of a parent bird and packed with the incredible strength of a soldier's armor. It's adaptable. Um, When I think of how God longs to to protect his people, um, I am reminded of how a mother longs to protect her young, especially um, when teaching her firstborn how to ride a bike for the first time. So because I don't actually have any biological children, um, I can only imagine what that's like. And when I think about that, I imagine that her eyes are locked in on that child's every move, moment by moment. And the moment that he begins to fall or swiver from left to right, she's right there. She's within arm's reach to catch him. Um, The Bible says, surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save. I refuse to believe the lie that God doesn't care about me because that's a lie. Um, It isn't true. God loves us so much that he made a place um, and he made a way to save save us for all of eternity um, by sending his one and only son to the cross for you and me. 
we've also been given spiritual armor, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit, um, as noted in Ephesians 6. So his faithfulness will be your shield, which is large enough to cover your entire body, um, and a rampart, which is like a mound of earth around a fortress. We are protected on all sides. So when we step out in faith and take a risk, he is there protecting us along the way. Then it goes on to say, you will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. His protection is for you and for you alone. Sure, the promise of protector is for everyone in this room, but the psalm writer is intentional in changing the language here. He wants you to walk away knowing that it's personal. It's just for you. Um, You can walk away from this passage with an assurance of God is my protector and that we have been shielded by his faithfulness. So no matter who you are, what you look like, or what you've done, God is your protector. And as your protector, he gives you a glimpse of what it could have been like. The psalmist says, you will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. This also sounds like a bit of a warning to me. Um, As protector, he gives us a glimpse into what things could have been like um, when we intentionally walk in disobedience. So what might God be saying in this passage? I believe he's saying, um, your days of hiding are over. Come home and make me your place of refuge. In me, you will find protection. Okay, so can I tell you guys a personal story? Okay, good. I, was, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> okay, so earlier this year, um, I was given an opportunity to go to Vancouver and meet Rob Reimer. Um, Rob is a well-respected pastor, professor, and author in the Christian and Missionary Alliance, which is what our church is a part of. I told myself, I'm going to go up for prayer whenever the altar is open because I know God wants to give me something this week. The first night of the conference, Dave Hearn, the president of the Christian and Missionary Alliance, in Canada spoke. He delivered a dynamic message, and afterwards, they opened up the altar for prayer. Um, I went up, and I got in Rob's line. Um, He asked me a few questions, and then he prayed over me. No biggie. Um, So before sending me to my seat, he said, so this is after he has prayed for me. I'm thinking, okay, I'm good. I'm going to go to my seat. Uh-uh. 
he says, I keep hearing the word protector. God wants you to know that he is protecting you. You don't have to protect yourself anymore. God wants you to give him complete access this week. I literally came undone. The waterworks fell. I mean, I've always known that I'm free in Christ, but on that day, um, I experienced something that I have never experienced in my life before. And honestly, um, that freedom has given me the ability to not feel like I have to be on top of things all the time. Um, it's given me an ability to look at um, people, places, and situations a lot differently, and an even greater ability to trust the Lord in circumstances that I can't control. Now, am I perfect? Absolutely not. Um, I'm an imperfectly perfect daughter loved by a good, good father. So up until that point, I had considered myself a world-class actor because I had to put on so many different masks to make it through the day. Um, some of them included protection, perfectionism, and striving. But behind each mask, you would find fear. I had given fear so much control over my life that over time, I began to identify it as something other than fear. In verse 9, we read, If you say the Lord is my refuge and make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. How many of you know that God wants to protect you from some things? Mm -hmm. In some cases, he wants to protect you from the very thing that you've been clinging to with all your might. Let me say that again. In some cases, he wants to protect you from the thing that you've been clinging to with all your might. The thing you're using as a crutch, for me, it was perfect, or excuse me, for me, it was protection um, marked as fear. Um, other examples might include performance, which may be fueled by striving, or parenthood, which could be fueled by control, or anger, or joy. And the root of it is fear. Um, when we behind or excuse me, when we hide behind a mask as an attempt to protect ourselves, we are unintentionally building emotional and mental strongholds. Um, in year one of the College of Prayer, we learned that a stronghold is a thought pattern that sounds logical, but it isn't biblical. A stronghold is based on a lie, um, Dismantling the lie of the enemy behind the stronghold is actually the beginning of freedom. So, for example, when I fail at a task, that doesn't mean I'm a failure. I'm still loved and approved by God. And, or when, you know, your kids might disobey, it doesn't mean that you're a horrible parent. It doesn't mean that at all. 
Um, because you're still loved and you're still approved by God. And your value isn't based off of what's in front of you and what you can see. It's already been settled at the cross. And here's the other thing. When we refuse to take our mask off, we limit the growth um, that's bound to take place in us, and we limit our friends and our community from getting to know our true selves. So if you've been serving in children's ministry, then you've heard me say this before. Be authentic. Because here's the thing. God didn't create robots. We are all uniquely made, right? Mm -hmm. And if we are all uniquely made, then we each bring something different to the table. From our gifts and our talents to our struggles and our victories. And the kids need to see that. Um, that's how faith is built. Um, They need to see that whenever I struggle, I can still walk with my head held high because the situation doesn't dictate my joy. Um, They need to see that my excitement for the word might not look like so-and-so's, but it's mine and it's unique to me. And they need to see that while Mr. So-and-so is so super good and passionate about woodworking, and I'm super passionate about baking in my kitchen, that God can use all of it for the glory of his kingdom. Um, you know, Awana is starting next month, and I'd like the kids to be exposed to as many new gifts and talents as possible. Um, what gift or talent has God gifted you with that you are willing to share? Um, Carla Harris, the managing director at Morgan Stanley and author of Strategize to Win, recently said, your authenticity is your distinct competitive advantage. No one can be you the way you can be you. So take the mask off and surrender. Because when we surrender all that we've been clinging to, we reap the benefits of his freedom here on earth. So when Rob spoke those words over me earlier this year, everything in me wanted to run away because it just seemed so overwhelming. Um, But as painful as it was to let go of all of my fears, it would have been Um, more painful to continue holding on to them. You know, as we let go of the thing that we've been clinging to, we can run with our arms wide open to the one that's calling us home, to the one who says, make your place of refuge in me. I will protect you over and over and over again. He says, with long life, I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. So God is inviting us into a beautiful love relationship with him. You know, if you've never made him your place of refuge or lingered in his presence for a little little while or a long time, it might be a little awkward at first. Um, The first five or ten minutes might seem like eternity, but over time, you will start craving it. You'll just want to be with him, and you'll want to talk to him about everything, and that's him wooing you. The lover of your soul wants to be with you and speak to you. 
He wants to reveal his secrets to you. I mean, I don't think I'll ever forget my time in Vancouver. God gave me so much freedom that day, and he wants to give you even more freedom because he loves you dearly. Um, It's my prayer that as you discover more of his truths, that you'd walk in freedom. So at this time, I'd like to invite the worship team back up to the stage. So earlier this morning, I shared a modern-day example of the fowler snare and the deadly pestilence. I described them as word curses. Sometimes when word curses are spoken over us, spirits that aren't from God attach themselves. As his sons and daughters, we've been given the same power and authority that raised Jesus Christ from the dead to take back the authority that is rightfully ours. That's freedom. And command Satan to go. Um, So before we leave this morning, I would like to equip you with some of the tools that I've been equipped with through the College of Prayer. So we are going to spend a few moments praying together. So if you're here this morning with a family member, um, in just a moment, I would like you to grab their hand. And if you're here as a single person, grab hands with someone you trust. Um, As a family, we are going to make a few declarations out loud. Um, The first one is submitting yourself to God. Second is renouncing the enemy. And third, receiving and declaring the Father's love. So I feel like this is one of those things that you just need to stand up and do. So stand up with your family or your friends or or someone who's close by you um, so we can do this together. And so um, I just want you to repeat after me, okay? Father God, we submit ourselves, soul and body, wholly to you. We declare the supremacy of the Lord, Jesus Christ, over our lives and all things. Satan, we bind you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We command any spirit that have attached themselves on our lives because of word curses to be broken off right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And loose ourselves from your influence now and forever. You be gone from us. You go to the feet of the Lord. Jesus Christ, never to return. We are free from you. Now and forever. And here's the last part. We're just going to receive and declare the Father's love. Gracious God. We receive your father love for our entire family. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, 
we claim our inheritance as your children. We receive not only the fullness of your salvation, we also receive the assurance of your salvation. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are children of God. We are loved. We are blessed. We are forgiven. We are adopted with all rights and privileges. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, let's take a few moments to praise God. As Steve comes up to close the service this morning, I would like to bring your attention to this beautifully decorated card, which is found on the front pew. Um, if you'd like someone to pray with you specifically um, in a quieter setting, please use the information listed on the side marked restoration to schedule an appointment with one of our trained prayer ministers. God bless you all.